welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. Lord has laid on my heart for this service. Isaiah chapter 35, Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 35 and verse number 3 through 10. Amen. We'll we'll shorten that a little bit tonight. <clears throat> Let's read the first couple of verses for the sake of time. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 3 says, "Strengthen ye the weak hands, and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Amen. Take heart. Be ye not weary in well-doing. We serve a God who's got it all in control. When the world seems to be out of control, God's not out of control. And it's not out of His control. But everything that's happening right now is perfectly on schedule with God's time clock. Amen. And then going to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 7. One of my favorite verses in Scripture, the Apostle Paul. says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Amen. With the help of the Lord, I want to preach to you for just a few minutes on this thought. You can't finish the course without fighting the fight. You can't finish the course without fighting the fight. Can we give the Lord praise right now? Thank you. God, we magnify your name in this place. There's nobody like you, Lord. No one is worthy to be praised like you are. And we offer that sacrifice of praise unto thee, O Lord, right now. I pray your blessing would come upon this congregation, this church, Vacaville. Amen, amen. I tell you what, you all are in for a blessing tomorrow. I really wish I could be here. Please give Brother Story my love. I appreciate this man of God so very, very much. He's the district superintendent in uh, Texas. What is it? South Texas, North Texas, West Texas, under Texas, above Texas. The original real Texas. All right, so you're going to have the original real deal tomorrow with Brother Jeff's story. You're in for a treat. Praise God. Turn around and shake hands with your neighbor and tell him you sure do look good in church. Praise God sure do look good in church. Praise God. Thank the Lord. So wonderful to look up tonight and see this front row of young men living for the Lord. Amen. Shout out to the drummer. Outstanding job. Oh, yeah. I always got a shout out to the drummer, you know. 
And it's wonderful to see the row right behind them, an entire row of wonderful young ladies living for the Lord. Living for the Lord. You have everything that you need here to have great revival. All of the ingredients are in the house, and it's on its way. I'm just here to inform you, it's on its way. God's getting ready to take this church to a whole nother level. Amen. Revival's going to break out on a scale that you didn't even imagine. Praise the Lord. And you are a part of it. Praise God. Amen. Thank the Lord. Well, I'll get to my sermon here. For the last little while, our church has been studying from the book of Isaiah. In fact, the six weeks leading up to Easter Sunday, life groups, we broke down Isaiah chapter 53, and what an incredible book in the word of the Lord Isaiah is. The book of Isaiah is prophetically a very powerful book, and so it is so powerful that many times theologians have been confused when they study from its pages, and in part because in reality, when you stand back and look at the general landscape of Isaiah's writing, his anointed pen, the, the, the first 40 chapters of the book of Isaiah is uh, chapters that are very different from the last 26 chapters of the book of Isaiah, chapter 41 through chapter 66. The first 40 chapters of the book of Isaiah, I think that we could safely call this pre-captivity preaching. It is a pre-captivity anointing that the Lord has given Isaiah to preach, not just to one person, but to an entire nation of people. You see, God sees down the road. God sees that there is trouble coming. He sees that his judgment is pending. And if they continue the way that they are going, they are going to reap the wrath of God and the judgment of God. And so he anoints Isaiah to warn and to prophesy and to say, hey, I need to get your attention. You need to turn around. There's some things in your life that you need to change. You need to stop the direction that you're headed. And you need to quit living like you're living. And you need to turn your life around. Through my lifetime, I have been so very, very blessed. And I am so very thankful for the anointing that comes upon a man of God, a pastor, to preach the message of preemptive strike. Thank God for a pastor. You have uh, such a pastor here in Vacaville that will preach the message of pre-disaster or pre-captivity warning the message of pre-sin or pre-destruction. In other words, it's an anointing that comes over a pastor that will cause him to preach to us before we make that mistake. 
It will be a prophetic word that will be uttered into the heart of your pastor where he will come to this sacred desk before you blow it and he will preach an anointed word of preemptive strike before you get lukewarm, before your walk with God becomes stale and lethargic. It's preaching like this that will keep us from friends and influences that will destroy our lives. It's preaching like this that will keep the rot gut junk of Hollywood out of our homes and out of our minds. It's preaching like this that will keep us away from the places that we shouldn't go and from the people that we should not hang out with. It's preaching like this that will strengthen our walk and it will strengthen us to walk the straight and narrow path of holiness and separation unto the Lord. Amen. You see, First Church in Vacaville is not just another church on the street side in Vacaville, California. It's not just another feel-good, prosperity-preaching, make-you-feel-good, as long as you pay your tithes and offerings, we'll pat you on the back, and we'll just say you're okay, and you can go about your business. But this is a church that operates under the anointing of a man and woman of God that has the backbone to stand up and preach a bitter spirit out of your heart and preach messages that will keep you walking straight and talking right. It'll keep your gossiping tongue silent and it's this kind of preaching, the preaching of preemptive strike that will bring revival to the hearts of God's people that say, come on, pastor, we want you to preach it straight. We want you to preach it strong because when it comes to my eternity, I don't want to miss it by five inches, but I want to make it by a mile. And if I have to do a little above and beyond, then that's okay because my soul is so valuable that I want you to open your mouth and preach what God has given you for the church. Thank God for that word that comes forth from your pastor that'll rattle your cage before I get into trouble. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I have been so privileged in my lifetime. I was driving down the road one day Brother Wisnett, and uh, it, I, I began to think, and I was even overwhelmed with the thought so much that I began to weep, and uh, I began to pray and thank God. But I just began to go down a mental checklist in my mind of great men of God that I have had the opportunity to get to know and to work with in some cases and be exposed to their ministry. I think of, of Elder Paul R. Price. What an incredible, wonderful man of God. Our district superintendent for many, many years. I think of Brother Ronnie Mullings, former district superintendent, and Brother Mark Morgan, and 
great men of God, Brother J.T. Pugh. I remember Brother Terry Pugh invited me to come back and minister at their church, and he was going to be absent. And so he said, hey, my dad's going to pick you up every day, and he's going to take you to lunch. And so for a whole week, I got to go to lunch with Brother J.T. Pugh. And uh, the list just was longer than I can even take time to go down tonight. I just mentioned a few names. But as I was driving down the road that day, my heart was just overwhelmed. And I began to weep because I've had the opportunity to hear the word of God come forth from so many incredible, powerful, anointed men of God through the years. And I am so thankful because there are men of God in my life that have changed the course of my life. My own father, my pastor, amen, he has preached to me from the time of childhood. And there are other great men of God in my life that literally have reached into my life and changed my heart and rerouted the course of my destiny. I am here tonight to, not by my own doing, but I have to tell you that I am here tonight by the grace of God. And I am here tonight because of men who came to a pulpit and preached anointed messages that came from a prayer room and a word from God for the moment and the hour. I can take you to youth conventions. I can take you to camp meeting services and youth camps. I can take you to rallies that I was a part of through the years that literally changed the course of my life and saved my soul. I'm thankful for the anointed word of God that hasn't come just to tickle my ears and make me feel good for a moment but understanding my soul is more valuable than my feelings and my eternal destination is more important than my mood in the day thank God for watchmen on the wall that see a glimmer of something that's coming in the future. He may not know exactly what it is perhaps. He may not be able to give you the exact details of what it is, but God stirred his heart and he says something don't look right here. Something don't feel right here. An enemy is approaching. Something's coming to your life that's going to destroy you if you don't consecrate your heart and he comes to the pulpit and he says wake up wake up wake up it's the message of preemptive strike it's the message of a watchman on the wall praise God Ezekiel spoke it in chapter 33 verse 4 when he said then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and he took not the warning. His blood shall be upon him, himself. But he that taketh the warning shall deliver his soul Woo. Need deliverance? You need deliverance? You have family members that need deliverance? Preaching will deliver the soul. Yes, 
He goes on to say, So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. You know, unfortunately, there's a, now I'm sure there's nobody like this in Vacaville. They're probably only in Hanford and maybe a couple in Napa or, you know, just here and there. I'm sure there's nobody here. But unfortunately, there are many people who sit on apostolic Pentecostal pews that they hear the message come across, but they don't really hear what's being preached. Far too many people that just come to the church to shook and jive and, you know, beat the tambourine and make a lap or two around the church when they get excited. Yeah. And the preacher gets to preaching and it's, oh yeah, I know who that's for. Boy, sister so-and-so, she really needs to hear that preaching. I'm sure there's nobody here like that. Oh, whoo, did you hear what Pastor Wisnett just said? Oh, wait a minute, that, that would be here. <laughs> Sorry. Did you hear what? Oh, my goodness, uh, that just hit Brother So-and-so right between the eyes. He, he needed to hear that word. Wow, Pastor just read them like a comic book. I'm telling you what. I know the preacher's got somebody's number, but I know he ain't talking to me right now. Shoveling it over your shoulder. <laughs> what we need in the house of God is a baptism of honesty. It's time for the Holy Ghost to blow your cover and get down on the inside of the real you. What is it that drives you? What is your passion? What gets you up in the morning? What gets you excited? What is at the core of your passions and desires? That's where we want to get to because that's where revival generates. Amen. That's where life-changing things begin to take place in the heart because the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. That's right. Thank you, Lord, for every message pastor preaches that hits me right between the eyes. I'm not going to duck it. I'm not going to shovel it, but I'm going to respond to it because I know the Lord loves me enough that he communicated through the man of God to my life to, to help me understand where I need to be in God's perfect design, plan, and purpose for my life. Thank you, Lord, that you love me enough to steer me clear from danger. Yes. Thank you, Pastor, for preaching. It's preventative. It's maintenance preaching. Titus chapter 3, verse 8 said, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly. Everybody say constantly. constantly. That they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. It's a maintenance plan. 
It's oil changing preaching. Now you can be a knothead and think you can go out and buy a brand new car and never bother yourself with the inconvenience of an oil change and that's just fine. You go right ahead because when your car gets up to about 30,000 miles or less on that engine, all of a sudden in the middle of the night somewhere on a country road, you're going to find yourself on the side of the road because you have thrown a rod right through the block because there has been no preventative maintenance. Why? Well, because I'm my, I'm my own man. I'm doing it my way. Ain't nobody going to tell me how to take care of this thing. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Who cares what that silly owner's manual says anyways? That stuff is for sissies. I don't want to be bothered with all those details. I don't even want to fool with it. Okay. The old saying says, you pay me now or you pay me later. Because payday's coming. You can't fail to take care of necessary things of the heart and ignore the owner's manual and the voice of the mechanic for very long until all of a sudden you're going to be broken down on the side of the road. Oh, thank God for the preaching of the word that comes to my life that begins to deal with the things that I'm struggling with. The word that will warn me of the pitfalls that are in my path and expose the weaknesses that are in my heart instead of getting upset and turning away because somebody said, hey, you need an oil change. Say, uh-uh, I'm going to pull in. I'm going to put my car up on the lift. Pull the plug, Mr. Mechanic. Pour out that old stale oil. I need a change of a filter. Plug in and pour in some fresh oil because I got a lot of mileage to travel. I got a lot of things to do in the kingdom. I got a lot of places to go and I don't need to be broke down on the side of the road struggling with who I am and how I got there. But old preacher, preach the word of God so I can stay on the path of righteousness and I can stay on the highway to heaven. Praise God. Mm. So it's, it's the first part of Isaiah's ministry that is pre-captivity preaching. And the second part, if you stand back and take a look at the landscape of Isaiah's work, the second anointing of Isaiah is an anointing that only can preach us away, not only can preach us away from impending trouble, but it is anointing that can preach us out of trouble. The whole purpose of a church service is not just so we can put in our time and check off of a box. Your pastor didn't just show up to tickle your ears and preach another sermon to make you feel good. We don't come to church just because we don't have anything else to do and we need to listen to some nice, exciting live music from time to time. We don't come to church just to hear the praise team sing a brand new song. By the way, thank God for every praise team and every musician that takes the time to elevate your gift unto the Lord. But my point is, we don't come just to hear the praise 
team sing a brand new song so we can sit back and say, oh my, their harmonies are improving. Their band is getting tighter. It's getting a little better in here. No, no, no. We come to the house of God because God wants to release somebody from captivity. There's an unsaved loved one. There's a backslider somewhere. There's somebody that's lost and undone and they're going to stumble in that door and that's the day that you showed up in the house of God and God wants to move through you to reach a heart and your pastor comes to this pulpit and he preaches his heart out because he's reaching to a soul that is going to spend eternity a soul that is encumbered by the vice of sin a soul that is lost but he steps to the pulpit with an anointed word that isn't just preemptive preaching but it's to preach somebody out of the captivity that the world has held them in. It's a message of breaking forth. It's a message of revival. It's a message, amen, of life. Come on, somebody. It's time to break forth. You can't come in here and spend your time just acting like Mr. Cool or Miss Priss. You can't come in here just to show off the latest fads and fashions and play Mr. Tough Guy. Amen. You can't come here and keep making excuses why I won't and why I don't. But it's time to break forth. It's time to respond to the preaching of the Word of God. It's time to break forth from a lethargic spirit. It's time to break forth from a lukewarm attitude. It's time to break forth from the sin that has a heart bow. Yes. Praise God. Pastor, preach it because we need revival. It's time to break forth from the shackles of guilt. It's time to break forth from the fear that has had you bound and held you captive. It's time to break forth from that spirit of depression that has hung on you for a long time. I'm telling you an anointed word from a powerful preached word of God is going to make an eternal difference in your life. So the word of the Lord comes to save and to reach and to preach them out of their captivity. How'd they get there? Well, Israel had become accustomed to battles. They understood that no one ever gets anything from God without a fight with the devil. That's right. I don't know where anyone ever got this idea of having a passive, easygoing, easy listening relationship with God. My Bible tells me, Matthew chapter 11, verse number 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. 
That word violent comes from a Greek word that simply means the enforcers. If we could ever get our head around that the enforcers. We need to receive a holy boldness that says to the forces of darkness in our current world that if it hamstrings the devil and every angel and it pickles every spirit that is in hell, you ain't coming to my house. You are not taking my kids. You are not going to affect the atmosphere of my home. I'm standing up against every devil in hell and saying not today, devil and not any day. Amen. The preaching of God's word has given me strength and now I walk forth from this building an enforcer in my world. Revival is not going to happen just because I showed up and I wore out a place on a padded pew that fits my backside. Amen. But it's got to be something within you that says this ain't just three hours on a Sunday and a couple of hours on a Thursday. So I I gotta get a star for attendance but there's a fight and I've gotta fight the good fight and I'm fighting and I'm blessing the name of God in the midst of this fight you don't get revival just because you showed up to church you don't get miracles just because you've got the latest style of clothing but there's gotta be a holy fight that comes over you and a holy boldness because you're an enforcer you are an ambassador of Christ in a vile ungodly world yes yeah you can't finish the course without fighting the fight Israel understood they were going to have to fight a fight experience taught them and history teaches us that they were that they waxed valiant in the fight where did they have to fight they had to fight to get out of Egypt they were a chosen people of God yet found captive under the cruel taskmaster of Pharaoh and so we must understand that when we are born again your spirit can be changed but you're going to have to get out of the grasp of the world and you're going to have to fight for every inch amen that you can go you're going to have to fight Pharaoh the spirit of bondage you're going to have to fight the army you're going to have to fight the customs and the styles of Egypt you can't just patty cake your way through it and give a little charismatic wave and a Baptist nod no 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 you're going to have to get something in your spirit that says I'm an enforcer I'm an enforcer for the name of Jesus amen I am here to win this fight I am here to fight and until the end. Praise the Lord. Israel understood that if they were going to realize the promises of God, that they were going to have to fight their way through the maze of obstacles that was in front of them. If you want the promised land, then fine. But it's going to take more than just saying, I want the promised land. You're going to have to break forth. You're going to have to uproot from where you are. 
You're going to have to shake yourself loose from the things that have oppressed you. You're going to have to stand on the shores of an an impassable Red Sea. And you're going to have to have trust and faith that God's going to bring you through one more time. Amen. Even after great victory, Amalek is going to come. And he's just going to to nip at your heels. There's going to be constant battles in your life. Not everybody's going to be as excited about you living for God. as you are living for God you're going to have to struggle and learn some valuable lessons that God still will not accept a golden calf he still will not accept a substitute in your camp you may walk through a barren hot wilderness and you may have to drink some bitter water but I'm telling you amen God has not forsaken you in the middle of the wilderness you want the promised land then you're going to have to cross the Jordan at flood stage you want the the promised land you're going to have to obey the man of God and walk around the walls of Jericho staring you in the face you're going to have to fight some giants it's the process of pushing through the resistance that comes against the church of the living God in the last days you're going to have to break forth See, oftentimes, people want revival with no trouble. There ain't no such thing. Because when you begin to kick down the doors of hell and the enemy, you're going to come up against some resistance. Hmm. I had a dear sister come up to me the other day, Pastor, and she said, Pastor, I'm going to go on a seven-day fast. I looked at her and I said, are you ready for that? She looked back at me like, that's a good thing, isn't it? I said, sis, you better be ready because things are getting ready to to go into upheaval in your life. There's going to be things go wrong that you never thought could go wrong. All of a sudden, your kids are going to start acting up problems at school there's trouble in your you got conflict in your home there's conflict in your marriage what's happened I'll tell you what's happened you have barged into the devil's territory and you're saying I'm fixing to take some things back that you stole from me a long time ago and I'm fixing to take some things hey man that you thought you had a stronghold with but I'm telling you once you forge ahead as an enforcer there's going to be a battle it's not going to be gravy every day it's not going to be easy going every day but there's going to be struggles there's going to be hard times there's going to be moments of of discouragement there's going to be times when people have talked behind your back and you feel like you're all alone but oh child of God amen you can't finish the course without fighting the fight You, you know what's going to happen you hang in there you keep showing up to church You just stay in there and you be faithful. See, and I hasten to a close here. You see, it's not going to be that you coming to church is just the thing that causes God to pull your lucky number and says, oh, well, looky here. Revival is yours. It's your lucky day. No, it's 
So they pull up to church on a Sunday, and there's a thousand cars lined up and down the streets of Vacaville by the church. You say, wow, where'd all these people come from? These are all brand new visitors. They've come to visit our church. And Vacaville PD's out here directing traffic. 15,000 people standing out in the front, standing in line, saying, I've just come today to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you, and you drive up to the church and you go, duh, how'd that happen? I don't have a clue. Well, it was just your lucky day. And God happened to draw your lucky revival number. And 15,000 people showed up on your step because it's your life. No, no, friend, you know better than that. You've been, most of you have been around a lot longer than, than to know better than that. You understand it ain't going to happen that way. If you're going to be victorious over sin, you got to fight. If you're going to make it to heaven, you got to fight. If you're going to have revival in Vacaville, you got to fight. If your family's going to be saved, you got to fight. If you're going to have personal revival, you got to fight. If the church is going to have revival, you got to fight. That's why Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course because you can't finish the course unless you're willing to fight the fight. He didn't, he didn't say, oh, well, you know, I have walked with angels and I've sat around on white puffy clouds. And I've earned all of my attendance stars for Sunday school. And I've had a life blessed with ease and, and, and without pain. And I've just coasted along with the wind always at my back. No, 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 friend. You can go and read the story of Paul's life and you can read about the ship, the shipwrecks and the imprisonment and the stonings and the time he was left for dead. You can read all about the persecution. What, but what he is saying at the end of the road, he's saying, I have no regrets. Hey man, I would do it that way again if I had the chance. The only thing that I regret is I don't have another life that I can give for the cause of the gospel. But at the end of the day and at the end of the road, he stands up and says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. You can't finish the course without fighting the fight. Oh yeah, but I believe we have some valiant warriors. I can feel it in your spirit. I saw it in your worship. I know there's some people of God that are anointed. God has called you to this place for such a time as this and you're willing and you're saying pastor I've strapped on my helmet I've got the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith I'm ready to go to battle pastor plug me in what unit do I work with because I know I've got to fight my way through some things but we're willing to fight because we've got to finish the course we've got to finish the course Musicians come. Oh, yes. I believe the Holy Ghost 
is breathing into someone's spirit right now. You may have been discouraged. You may have felt beleaguered. You may have felt that you're all alone. But I've come to preach to you tonight. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Your revival is just inches away. You're one prayer away from the crown. You're one prayer away from revival. You're one prayer away from your victory. If you'll be an enforcer, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force. You've got to fight your way through every obstacle, every temptation, every discouragement, every dark night. Oh, every deep valley of despair. Fight your way through, saint of God. Listen to the voice of your pastor. He's there to preach to you. Amen. The message of preemptive strike. He's there to deliver you from the one that would destroy your soul. Sometimes you just have to fight your way through. Oh, yes. Lift your voice right now. Let's fill this sanctuary with worship I want to open the front of this auditorium this afternoon to somebody that would like to draw closer to God somebody that's in the middle of a fight right now this is your time of victory this is your time to pick up the sword this is your time to march into battle this is your time to be victorious. You can't finish the course without fighting the fight. There's some folks gathering in tonight for prayer. I need some prayer warriors that'll come now and join with them. Hold up their hands. You never know what your sister's going through, what your brother's going through. Oh, yes. It's time for revival in Vacaville. I said, it's time for great revival in Vacaville. Keep fighting, soldier. It's just a reach away. Yes. Keep fighting. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.